Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, welcome back. And to you, sir. Yes. Uh, So normally I would say happy Monday, but we both know this really is not a happy Monday. (laughs) Yeah, this is not going to be a good week for us. (laughs) And so uh, to, to help us through this week, uh, we've uh, invited uh, Scott and Nick from the Back to the Future Minute and DuelingGenre.com to the show. Hey, Scott. Hey, Nick. Hello. Hello. Thanks Welcome, so guys. much for having us. We are glad to have you. Absolutely. So, yeah, here we go. Uh, we, we're going to start with uh, Minute 97 today. Uh, minute 97 starts with Kirk saying, Bones? And ends a minute later with McCoy, Scott, and a random crewman letting Kirk go. Uh, <laughs> Did you just sigh, Dave? Yes. <laughs> so I think I think the thing that gets me right off the bat because there I have a I have a lot to talk about um, from a screenwriting standpoint, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna talk about the big thing in um, the next minute. Uh, but here I just, oh man, just like the way that this is done, because I think, I think Alex last week had mentioned that, uh, it was, you know, a little cheesy, like the, you know, you better come down here, you know, that kind of right. thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, but what I like about it is that he says you better come down here, but we don't cut to Kirk down there, which is what they always did on the show. Right. Instead, he was like, well, what could he be talking about? And then he looks over and notices that Spock's chair is empty. And yes, then he yeah. puts two and two together. And yeah. and realizes like, oh, right, the ship was supposed to blow up and it didn't. And now my friend is gone and my other friend is telling me to come down to where the problem was that was going to mess up the ship. Uh-oh. And it's so ex- oh, it's so subtle and so good. I love it. That was my note too. Uh, was uh oh, yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. It was, I had Spock's empty chair. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Oh boy. And and I would say that uh, yeah, Shatner's or Kirk's reaction, Shatner's reaction to this of you know looking across and you can see him thinking and then it then it clicks mm-hmm. uh, and it, and his reaction just is. He, you can see he he says, "Oh no, too," and then you know that quick stand up. Um, and you're right; it's, it, it, I don't know. I I get goosebumps <laughs> watching it. I was getting goosebumps, you know, taking notes on this minute, and uh, this is just the start of it. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. To that to your to your point, I, I I do. I love this whole beginning of the minute where, yes, you have the the reaction by Kurt, but yeah, the running down, you know the. The tension that the music has helped to build as he's making his way down, he slides down the ladder and finally gets there and stops. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh God, mm-hmm. what has happened? And what I like is juxtaposition is that because something crazy is happening out in space right now, like the birth of a son or whatever that is that's happening um, with the Genesis device and all of that. Uh, all that confusion that you guys talked about last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever that is that's going on, everyone is on the ship is distracted by that. And so they're all looking at that and they're just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And 
Kirk is the only person realizing what's going on and, you know, leaving the bridge and leaving all of those people behind who are just staring at this at this sun. And what I love about the cuts back and forth between him running and then the, the Genesis sun or whatever you want to call that. What, what is the actual name of that thing? Well, that's going to that's the planet forming. So that'd be the Genesis planet. Okay, so the planet's forming. So it it well because it's so it's so hot and then it like kind of cools. It looks almost like it's dying, and the way that it's like cutting back and forth between Kirk trying to get down to engineering in time, and this thing that looks like it's slowly like losing light and dying. Right. Well, um, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I I think that this scene has such a great duality to it where we're seeing this planet being created, you know, life. And then on the same token, like you just said, the planet itself is cooling as we're witnessing death. Mm-hmm. And it's very it, – it, the way Nicholas Meyer tied this all together is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Scott and I actually had the pleasure of um, re-watching this uh, together. Like mm-hmm. in this, in the like, like in the same uh, room, uh, and not just like, like yeah. I think I think didn't we? How, how did, we watched one and two, right? That yeah, we watched one. That... In, we watched one and two together because we watched. We the plan was to start with the second one, and then you were like, "Well, we should." I mean, we should watch motion picture. And I was like, "Ugh, I guess." <laughs> um, and then, and then, uh, and then I actually came away from motion picture loving it a lot more, uh, even with the you know thirty minute docking sequence. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we got to watch this together and, uh, I think it, I mean, it's, it's so great. And I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times, but you forget just how good it is, I think. And this Uh, moment, uh, this moment in, I mean, I would, I would argue, I don't think we would be talking about Wrath of Khan Still, you know, on the uh, on the eve of 2017, you know, like some decades later, if I mean, like, talk about talk about sticking the landing, you know, in, oh, yeah. in, in an age where the, the, that sort of become a forgotten art, in my opinion, when it comes to franchise films or blockbuster movies, you know, even even the best of even our, our favorite summer movies, we've kind of become conditioned to be like, yeah, you know, it kind of fizzles out in act three or the ending was pretty much a commercial for the next one. But, you know, it was it was a fun ride. But like, man, like talk about really ending on a on a on an operatic emotional note, you know, and I, I can only imagine what it was like uh, watching this without any hype, you know, that, that, that summer that it came out, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember reading about, uh, while we were watching it, um, I remember reading about the, uh, the, the screenings that happened of this movie before this, you know, before they added the, uh, the voiceover at the end. Right. Yep. Um, and people, and people couldn't handle it. Like it was like a funeral at the end. Oh sure. Um, so I, yeah, I read this. Read the same thing, and that was why they decided to make the changes. The, the couple of changes that they did at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it's funny you say that, Scott, because I I actually just read that uh, something similar to that not too long ago, and, and we've talked about this before. Is that one of the things I've always 
I always enjoy, you know, about the joy about the film is obviously that, you know, is the death and, um, but I've always been like, oh, if only they hadn't, you know, done the little teasers at the end that, you know, maybe he's going to come back. Um, but but after reading about those test screenings where the audience was just kind of floored and didn't know what to do with themselves, you know, when 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 they didn't have that potential for hope at the end, it, it, it really made me think like, OK, maybe I really wouldn't have wanted to see that. <laughs> maybe I do like having yeah. that little. Right. And, uh, and, and not to talk too much about something that's going to be in episodes past, but I, I, I mean, episodes to come. I always kind of personally felt um, that that final little epilogue, denouement, what have you, on Genesis, I always kind of saw that more as symbolic, even even though, like, I know now in 2017 that I can watch uh, The Search for Spock minutes after finishing Wrath of Khan, you know what I mean? And and I've mm-hmm. seen, and I am, I'm actually a really big fan of uh, Search for Spock, as Scott knows, but um, yeah, I've always taken that more of, like, kind of like a life goes on, hope remains, more than, like, a tease does that make sense yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's not the it's not the the wink that hey we'll be back or you know yeah, it, return it, and yeah and, it's yeah. not it's not league of extraordinary gentlemen where you see like alan quartermain's grave starting to shake you know right yeah. before he cuts the credits <laughs> to make a really weird reference to a movie hopefully not many of our listeners have seen <laughs> So not to uh, completely change the tone of uh, what we're talking about here, but can we talk about Shatner's running? Because I think it needs to be talked about. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a soft run. Um, you mean because looked... he's not sprinting? Or... Well, right, so yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, it's not a sprint. You can't yeah. sprint around those halls. Right. Well, that's the thing. It looks like he's afraid to like shake the set too much, and so he's oh. he's <laughs> Although... just. Giving this little, this like polite little, like I'll just kind of jog, fast walk, sort of. He does barrel into a cadet, though. That's true. Just before he goes down the the ladder, he totally knocks him out of the way. That's true. Although I will say that because of Shatner's age, uh, there's a a level of uh, what I would call um, careful recklessness. <laughs> where, where when he gets on, because like you know when you watch, um, when you watch like old Star Trek, and when you watch the new Star Trek movies, Kirk is like a young guy, and so like when he would get up to a ladder like that, he would just dive on it and go straight down. Right. And and, and <laughs> this Kirk, our you know fifty something Kirk, he climbs down the first two steps, and then he's like, okay, it's safe enough to slide down now. <laughs> Which, now, there's something really but, charming but, about that, that and 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 is like okay i i need to be reckless because my friend is hurt but also i'm old so there's only so much i can do <laughs> and i really I mean, like wait, that i mean just wait till a couple of movies from now where he's you know scaling yosemite without any kind of equipment uh, right. come on <laughs> but you know but, i gotta say that i i still have on my to-do list is to climb down a ladder like that i, I was gonna say the same oh, thing yeah. I, I thought he took the ladder like a champ i'm like i wish i could take a ladder like that <laughs> have, <laughs> he have, does have, a great did... job he does better than i would because but i'm not i'm not a starship captain and then, um and there's no uh no stuntman there that's all him yeah oh yeah another reason to be careful for sure it's the kind of thing though that i feel like most directors would try to edit around but 
because the whole point of this movie is that Kirk is feeling his age, I like that they show it. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, as soon as you said that, the first thing that my mind popped to is, you know, you, you go to see Taken 3 and there's that infamous scene where they cut 19, nine, literally like 19 times for for a scene of uh, of Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and it's 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 embarrassing. I mean, yeah, and like one of my favorite things about these this series of films, and like I, I recently rewatched all of the Star Trek movies to prepare for uh, Beyond. Uh, as Scott Scott did too last summer. We were like tweet each other about it, and mm-hmm. I just think it's so revolutionary. I mean, like the idea of now in the year, like like in this environment of, of film that we're in right now, for there to be a blockbuster film franchise where no one in the cast is under the age of like 50 is mm-hmm. insane to me and just like so cool and such like a fun just a, such a such a reason to celebrate these movies even though i think they can i think they've been sort of they're kind of like the rocky movies and that i think they've been a punchline kind of for the sake of being punchlines for a long time. I think if you actually did go back and watch Undiscovered Country or The Final Frontier, I, I really do think there's a lot more to be found there than people give them credit for. Yeah, I would I, I would totally agree with that. Um, and as one of the things we talked about too is, you know, the, they start getting jokier as the films go along and, and, and sometimes they, they're more they're kind of tongue-in-cheek jokes, you know, like poking fun at themselves. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There is a kind of this ebb and flow, and and uh, I, I'm excited to, to 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 get back into Star Trek Six. I haven't watched it in a long time, and it, yeah, I remember it being one. one of my yeah. it's one of my favorites. Um, and uh, and I was I was doing some other research and, and looking at stills from it, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot of great there's a lot of great stuff to unpack in that film too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a few more years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I so, there's there's a bit of a choppy editing moment um, where uh, when Kirk, when Kirk is first caught by McCoy and Scotty and McCoy grabs him from the front and then it cuts to him already behind him. Yeah. Oh, feels like there's something missing that. there. Um, almost like Kirk says something about like, I have to get in there and they just cut that line out and had him go straight to like, no, you'll you'll you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and I like how the cadet or the engineer is just sort of—he's waiting. He knows mm-hmm. Kirk's going to make a—he's going to try to make a break for it, so he's there for support. Because mm-hmm. you can yeah. see him—he's sort of out of the corner of his eye. He's looking. He's like, "Kirk's going to do it. I can see him. I can see him making a break for it." Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good eye, Scott. And all this—looking <laughs> at this thing <laughs> a minute at a time—you're right. There is a there is a moment we missed that got cut out of there. Because even that cadet that that comes in for the dive to. Yeah, he's already you know, at his chest, and yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He got he got a couple steps closer in that cut. Hmm. That cadet almost takes a stance like that thing where uh, you have like the one the one person like step up behind the person, and then you push them so they fall over the yeah. other person. <laughs> almost like he misread the situation, and he's like, "Oh, we're finally gonna play that prank on Kirk. All right, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready." Yeah. <laughs> Now is not the time, cadet. <laughs> no, read the room. <laughs> well, that you know, reading the room—that was one of the things I noticed too. Like 
all the all the people that are present, right? Kirk goes, you know, barreling into some, uh, you know, upstairs. He slides down the ladder. There's more. Everybody in the room is just standing there, staring. Mm-hmm. They're not. Well, they're yeah, mostly at their posts, right? They haven't like oh, all yeah. gathered around the glass, like you know, oh my God, how do we? What can we do to help? They're just standing, like, well, oh, nothing boy. I can do. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> glad it's I not think, me in there. Yeah. Well, I think they know. I think they know, and there's nothing they can really do about it. So they're just standing. I mean, it's the captain of the ship is that in there? I mean, and you know he's dead. Like, what? What would you do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I think it's just you, when you see you know Kirk coming around the console and his reaction, right? He's horrified, right? And uh, and I and I know obviously he's horrified. This is his best friend. It's you know that yes. level of horror. But you know these guys are all still like you said. This is their captain. You think they'd still look a little more upset than they do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I, it, it, it's such a it's such a you can only imagine because it's like sort of like with uh, what we were talking about earlier, where it is like relief. Like like oh we did it we're we're alive but also like there's no time to celebrate kind of reminds me of like the very end of uh, of Deathly Hallows Part Two from the Harry Potter movies where mm. it's like it's like man yeah we we did it but like at what cost you know like there there's no yub nub dance going on you yeah. know <laughs> yeah like, yeah you're right so do you think this is a so this is a broader question. You know, we've, we've made fun, you know, playfully of of Khan's crew, the entire movie about how they're, you know, they're in the background and they're, they're just really deadpan. They're not, not no expressions. And, and here we have an, you know, an emotional scene. And, you know, again, we see the, the background and, you know, the, the, the cadets and everyone sort of standing there. And the, do you think Nicholas, this is a director issue that he can handle the forefront action, but he just doesn't know what to do with the people in the background. Because it seems like it's a theme throughout the entire movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's a really good question. Is it? Yeah, it's, is it deliberate, or was he just saying, "Just I just need you to be there for window dressing"? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, mm-hmm. is it just because they're in the background and you just you just you're just there, do what you need to do in the background, and this is just how it played out? Um, you know, obviously, we want to see what's going on in the forefront, and we want to see. Kirk's reaction. We want to see Spock and, you know, we want to see Khan. We don't want to see the people in the background, but it just, it just seems sometimes, obviously in this format, we watch it minute by minute. We see this much more than on the, you know, the whole viewing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, I think, it's, I think int- it's, I think it's, yeah, we should keep an eye on it in Star Trek six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Cause he directs that one too. And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be curious. He's also, uh, am I, and um, um, uh, and 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 please enlighten me. What do we know? If, what his like official role in Star Trek Discovery is going to be? Because I know he's involved. I've heard that he's involved. He's just a writer. He's in the writers' room. I think. Oh, he's a writer. Okay. Yeah. 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 Whether he still is now that Brian Fuller isn't showrunner, I don't know. But right. Yeah, but Brian Fuller, I think, is still going to be involved. He's just not going to be the day-to-day showrunner. No, he said he's not involved in any way now. Oh, really? Like yeah. now, it's not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I think no. the news. Oh, wow. The yeah, the time of this recording, right? The news seems to be changing daily, right? We're getting cast announcements for Discovery, yeah, the Brian Fuller announcement, and yeah, I, I'm just waiting to see if if Nicholas Meyer is mm-hmm. in or out. It's all American gods all the time now. I think yeah, on planet, yeah. planet right Fuller. Um, one other moment uh, I've got in my notes that I wanted to mention because. I, I find it sad and funny at the same time. 
So there's that moment where Kirk is like, I got to get in there and, and McCoy stops him. And then Scotty says he's dead already. And Kirk looks <sighs> at Kirk looks at Scotty and then he turns and he looks at McCoy and McCoy nods and says it's too late. It's almost it's a moment where Kirk is turning to the doctor for a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that's terrible because of the moment, but it I couldn't help but kind of laugh at it a little bit. Because he's like, I mean, you're not a doctor, Scotty. What does the doctor say? Yeah. Eh, it's too late. Okay. All right. I guess maybe he is dead. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, no, agreed. I just, I'm just scrubbing it as we're talking and just his reaction after McCoy says it's too late and he just pauses for a beat and then the, and then the Kirk sadness just takes over his face mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. it, it makes me do the same exact thing I'm like oh yeah um we I talked about a little a little bit about this last last week um about uh james doing uh his uh his performance in these in these yeah. uh, few minutes when he's you know screaming at spock through the glass and right uh, even this line here you know sir he's dead already this the intensity that he has here is uh Phenomenal! I just you just uh, yeah. you just totally stole my note. That was exactly what oh. I was going to say. It's like Doohan, like in this scene, is yeah the 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 emotion, the intensity he puts even even after Kirk lets go, he's still like he's still giving it, even though he's not saying anything. He's still giving it. He's giving it's, it all he's got. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He, he's telling Kirk that he's already oh. given the situation all that he's got, and there's nothing left to do. Yeah, Do Doohan's just. Doohan is, I think, is like this franchise's secret weapon. I don't, even if you don't enjoy this movie or that movie, I don't think he's ever given like a half-hearted performance as as Scotty in any of these films. He's yeah, so he's good. got some great, great, great moments and lines and stuff in the other films. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're right. He's he's fantastic. So yeah, the uh, the uh, the other thing you noticed here, the music cue changes. Um, at this point when McCoy says it's too late and uh, it starts, they start playing or replaying Spock's theme. Yep. Um, which is, uh, I think we heard it uh, initially when Kirk uh, came into uh, Spock's um, quarters to, you know, ask for the ship and uh, he was meditating and now they're, they're playing it back. So it's uh, just another, I don't know, just another twist <laughs> to, to, uh, to get the tears rolling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The music in this film is, 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 Beautiful. Uh, and I mean, we're about to, I think the film's greatest musical moment uh, comes up later, uh, obviously. But yeah, I mean, like, it's yeah, some really terrific music in this. Yeah, we've fantastic soundtrack. The, we've celebrated the entire series, the, the entire show. I mean, fantastic. I mean, the theme in it was it was the theme created for this movie or for motion picture that they ended up using in Next Gen? So that was yeah, that was Jerry Goldsmith. That was in the motion picture. Yes. Um, and then this one is James Horner. Yes, oh. James Horner. Yes. And I, and they reuse Horner, I think, for at least two more films. I it definitely search for Spock. I don't know if it goes beyond that, but um, okay. Yeah. So so this might be a little off topic, but what was that conversation like when they were like, "Hey, let's use the end credit music for the motion picture for the theme music." for next generation because it's obviously become more well known for next generation but it's, it's so interesting that it just started in that in the movie 
Yeah, I, I would love to know that too because I, I still remember being pleasantly surprised that my my gap in viewing the motion picture and then watching Next Generation, God knows how long it was, right? And then I went back and watched the motion picture again, and I was like, oh my God, it's the same <laughs> same music. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a that's a great question, um, but it works, right? It it worked mm-hmm. for it totally fit the tone for Next Generation. Um, arguably it, more so I would say. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, but re, you know, reviewing the motion picture, doesn't take away from the motion picture for me. It's still, it doesn't make no, me, no. you know, like, Oh, right. this is, you know, Picard ship. Um, <laughs> so I, it's, uh, I think it's cool that it works in both and, and, and the fact that it's not, you know, the original Star Trek theme, mm-hmm. you know, because you think that would have taken you out of the motion picture being like, what is this music? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it works. Um, Somebody was brilliant, I think. That continuity, putting that thread. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like uh, it'd, be, it'd be pretty strange if like you're watching Star Trek Discovery and then all of a sudden you hear like Michael Giacchino score come in, you know? Yeah, right. Um, so my last note here, um, again, <laughs> I I I, I, I realize I just described a waking nightmare for a lot of old <laughs> old school Trekkies, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. My last note here was just the, this last moment as we get to the end is McCoy and Scotty, um, you know, the only thing they're looking at is Kirk. I, I noticed that neither of them turn to look at Spock and it just, you know, makes me wonder, you know, have they looked enough and they can't look anymore? You know, they've been down there now for how long with Spock and seeing all this and uh, right. they're just watching Kirk's reaction and I don't know if it's, you know you know, love for their captain and their friend or their admiral now. And, uh, or is it just, yeah, they did. They can't look anymore. Do you think they had their own private words with Spock prior to Kirk or were they just kind of staring at him wordlessly for like a few minutes as he like lay lay there? I don't know. It's just, it's like, I'm going to guess they didn't get a chance to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have have reasons to think that they haven't had a conversation outside of yelling at Spock not to do it um, based on where we find Spock at the beginning of the next minute. Sure. Great. Agreed. All right. Well, that's all the notes I had for this one, guys. How about you? Yeah, let's end that on a dark note. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, cool. Well, guys – do you want to uh, let folks know where they can uh, find you online? Uh, yeah, you can find us at duelinggenre.com. Uh, we have Back to the Future Minute there. Uh, we've got part – we've done we've done the first film and part two, and we start uh, part three on January 2nd. Uh, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a daily, uh, daily podcast, um, Monday through Friday, that sort of thing. And uh, we're really excited to get back into that. And uh, so, yeah, so check that out. And while you're there, if you want to check out Lord of the Rings Minute, Harry Potter Minute, those are there too. We don't host those, but it's all part of our network. So, And Geek by Night. And Geek by Night, our uh, original audio drama that Nick and I uh, write and produce with a bunch of other people. But uh, we're like the showrunners of it. So, oh, Very cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. Uh, thanks again for, for coming in today. Uh, do you want to, would you be able to come back on Wednesday? Yeah. Sure. Excellent. 
Excellent. All right. Well, guys, you can find us online. Uh, we're at wrathoconminute.com. We're on Twitter as WOK Minute. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at the Rathacon Minute Listener Federation. Um, and uh, so definitely if you want to join that, join that group and uh, uh, continue the conversation about these um, uh, wonderful minutes. <laughs> um, and we're going to be back here again on Wednesday with Minute 98 of Star Trek II here at the Rathacon Minute.